Welcome to Finding Freedom with Inspire Wellness. I'm Gemma, a body image and food freedom coach, anti-diet advocate, and your ultimate hype girl. I'm here to empower you with inspiration, education, and motivation so that you can start living as your happiest and healthiest self, whatever that means to you. I spent years struggling with food, my body, and my mental health until I finally found freedom. Now I'm on a mission to make sure that nobody goes through what I did and to burn diet culture to the ground while I'm at it. I'm obsessed with helping women to ditch the diets, love their bodies, feel confident AF, create sustainable habits, improve their mindset and become their next level selves. So what are we waiting for? Let's do this. Hello everyone, welcome back. Today we are speaking about a topic that is pretty close to my heart, I suppose. So binge eating is one of the main things that the women I speak to struggle with. It's what I'm talking to my clients about all the time. It's what I'm talking to people in my DMs. It's one that whenever I post an episode about binging, I get probably one of the biggest responses. And it's one that really hits very close to home for me. So I wanted to do an episode for those of you who were thinking like, why am I still binging? Why am I still binge eating? Why is this something that I'm still struggling with? So I'm going to be sharing a bit of my own experiences with binging, how I stopped doing it. I'll also give you the four reasons why I believe people binge and we'll do a little bit of an audit that I do with my clients to discover why you're binging so that you can start making those changes. Now, if you saw this title of this episode and you thought, yep, I need to listen to that. That's got a bit of me about it. Then you need to come along to Nail Your Nourishment. So this is a free live online event kicking off on Monday. So I hope that you're listening to this episode live where we're going to create you your personalized nourishment plan so that you can have an effortlessly healthy balance with food without binging and without restricting. So come along to that. Do not miss it. Fingers crossed you're listening to this live. I would love to see that. It's totally free. Three whole days. So many amazing inclusions. I'll pop the link in the show notes so you can go and register. You can get more information about it, but come and join me. It's going to be amazing. Now let's dive in. Let's start talking a little bit about my binging stories. So back when I was really struggling with binging, I thought that I was the only person who was doing it. Like basically nobody I knew was speaking about it. I wasn't seeing people sharing their experiences online, which I think we've got a lot more of these days. It was just really like taboo and it was shameful and it was embarrassing. And I truly felt like I was broken. I thought there was something wrong with me. I thought, yeah, I thought that I was the only person doing this or I thought, okay, yeah, sure. There are people doing it, but they're nowhere near me. It's no one in my life. It's no one that I could be connected to at all. I must be broken. I must be, there must be something wrong with me and binging becoming an issue. It really crept up on me a little bit. So I shifted from overeating into binging almost without noticing, I think. So let's talk a little bit about the difference between overeating and binging, because I think the two terms are really used interchangeably a lot of the time. And I definitely have people come to me who say that, oh, I'm binging. And then they explain it. And it's like, actually, maybe that's just overeating, which also, you know, isn't ideal either necessarily. But from my perspective, at least, I believe overeating is where you are eating more than you think you should be eating a lot of the time, because sometimes, sure, maybe that actually is eating more than you need, more than, you know, feels good for your body, more than seems right right now. But sometimes overeating, we've got a bit of a warped view of what, like how much we should be eating. 
So sometimes when someone goes, oh my God, I ate so much and they explain it. It's like, that's actually, that's fine. That's not a big deal. Like you eating two rows of chocolate is not a binge. It's not you overeating. You just ate two rows of chocolate and that's okay. So sometimes I think we need to shift our perspective a little bit about what is okay to eat and how much is okay to eat. The big thing that I would say that sets binging apart from overeating is the loss of control. The feeling like you physically cannot control yourself from doing it, from eating that amount. So binging typically is classified as eating, you know, a very large amount of food in a small amount of time, a lot of the time, and it's not having that control. So what constitutes a binge might be different for different people in terms of how much they're eating. However, the loss of control is the big part that differentiates it from overeating. Overeating, you're like, I'm eating this and I, maybe it's, you know, you're probably still beating yourself up about it a little bit, but you're kind of doing it with, it's kind of intentional, I suppose. You know that you're doing it. You're like, maybe I shouldn't, you're probably going, I shouldn't be doing this, but I'm doing it anyway. Whereas a binge is like, I felt like I was blacking out during my binges. It was like, I would come to and there'd be all this food around me and I'm like, what just happened? Where did all that food just go? So loss of control, feeling like you can't control yourself, you can't hold your back. Now, the first really big binge that I can remember, and there might have been more, but the first one that like really sticks out for me was when I finished a six-week challenge at the gym that I was working at. And this was a challenge that I helped develop, which makes me cringe when I think about how problematic it was. But anyway, at the time, I didn't know any better had a very warped view about what health was, but I just spent six weeks really restricting, sticking very, very strictly to this meal plan that I'd created that was all very calorie controlled, very macro controlled, very excessive amounts of exercise, constant weighing myself, weighing myself multiple times a day, and then having weigh-ins at the gym, having myself measured at the gym, all of that kind of stuff. So I committed to this challenge. I went the six weeks and I don't think anything passed my lips that was not a part of this challenge. So I finished and I was so proud of myself and I'd like lost the weight that I had hoped to lose kind of thing, celebrating myself, everyone at the gym celebrating me. And that night I was like, all right, you've been so good for six weeks so you can treat yourself. So I was like, oh, I'm going to make brownies. Love baking brownies. I'm going to bake brownies. I'm going to go to Domino's. I'm going to get some pizza. And I ate an unholy amount of food that night. Like I made my full tray of quadruple fudgy chocolate brownies. I'm not going to talk you through my Domino's order because it might be a bit triggering for how much food there was for some people, but basically unholy amount of food. And I ate all of it and I felt horrific. I felt so unwell. I felt disgusting. And I was like, what the hell have you done, Gemma? Like you just have undone that whole six weeks of progress. And I just felt awful about myself. And it was one of the first times that I really had that like, oh shit, this is not okay. This is not normal. This is really excessive. I don't even understand how I did that. That was a real, ooh, should have been maybe a little bit of a wake up call moment for me, but it wasn't. It was something that then, I think it was the start of my spiral, my start of my spiral into binge eating. It was not a good time at all. And I think that for me and for a lot of people, binging was tied up with secret eating. So even when I wasn't having a full binge, I was still secret eating. And those two really go hand in hand for me. And it's also something I hear time and time again from clients as well. So I was always like eating in the car. That was a big one for me. Make secret eating in the car where no one else could see me, 
no one else could bear witness. And I, and of course, if I pulled up at the lights, I would stop because I didn't want people in the cars around me to see me eating. So always eating in the car or like when my housemate wasn't home, those were my times where I was like, oh yes, I can eat whatever I want. Now my housemate, lovely, very good friend of mine. It wouldn't have mattered. She was, she's the least judgy person ever. I could have eaten anything in front of her. However, I couldn't let her see me eating those things. So when she wasn't home and when she was home, I was absolutely terrified that she would hear me opening a packet of something in my bedroom. I'd be so scared thinking, oh my God, what if she hears that I'm opening something and I'm eating something? Oh, can't be doing that. I would take the wrappers and I would dump them in public rubbish bins because I didn't want her to see them in ours because I didn't want her to see that I was eating these things. So this is the kind of stuff that people who binge often do. Secret eating is often such an issue with it. So secret eating can be the binges. Binges are generally done in secret for most of us. But even if it wasn't, like I said, even if it wasn't a full binge, it's still this unhealthy, disordered practice to be hiding food, hiding what we're eating. I remember a time when I was working, this was when I was working at the gym as well, and I was so desperate for chocolate. Like, this is what I imagine people who are addicted to heroin feel like. Like, I could not stop thinking about it. It was like a physical pain in myself. I was like, I need chocolate. I need it right now. I could not think of anything else, could not get my mind off anything else. So I left the gym unattended. I was the only person working there and I left it, which I was clearly not allowed to do. And I literally ran to the server. I'm talking full sprint to get down there. I bought chocolate, of course, because that's the thing I was craving. But of course, because I was so obsessive about it, I bought lollies, I bought chips, I bought all of these things. And I literally ran back to the gym, hoping to God that my boss hadn't come back. And then I locked myself in a storage cupboard to have a binge. This is during the workday. This is probably a Tuesday afternoon or something like that. I'm binging locked in a cupboard at my work. That's not normal. That's not okay. I used to pay four times the price for Domino's delivery because I was too ashamed to go in there and pick up the sheer quantities of food that I was ordering regularly. And like Domino's is very cheap if you go in and pick it up. Getting it on the app or whatever it was, bloody expensive, like four times the price. I did not have the money to be doing that at that time. And yet I was so consumed by it. I was so embarrassed. I so needed that secret eating that I was paying four times the price to do it. So on the surface, what everyone else saw around me, what my coworkers saw, what my family saw, what my friends saw, what the people at the gym saw was I was healthy. You know, I was on a strict meal plan. I was sticking to it. I was bringing my chicken breast and broccoli to work. I was exercising all of the time. Amazing, right? That's the image I was projecting to the world. But underneath, I was an absolute freaking mess who felt like there was something seriously wrong with her. But I genuinely hadn't made the connection that I had an eating disorder, which sounds so stupid. I know that sounds really silly, but I had not made that connection. I just thought that I needed better willpower or more motivation or to be stricter that I just had to try harder. And it wasn't until a psychologist walked me through the checklist for a few eating disorders that I realized that "Mm, actually I've got binge eating disorder and I was borderline bulimic. So no, I wasn't normal. Like it isn't normal to be engaging in those behaviors, to be struggling so much mentally and physically with food, feeling so awful all the time and you know, hating yourself because of the way that you're eating, those things aren't normal and they aren't things that any of us need to put up with. So if you can relate to that, 
Please don't think that you don't deserve to get help with them until you reach rock bottom. You deserve to get help now. You deserve to not have to feel this way. And I mean, also though, those behaviors, while no, that's not normal, the behaviors themselves were more normal than I thought. As in, there were so many other people out there struggling with them behind closed doors. And I wasn't some freak like I thought I was, which is why I'm such an advocate for sharing and being open now to show other people that they aren't alone because you're more likely to seek support and to believe that recovery is possible if you know that there are other people out there experiencing it too. And I'm here to tell you there are because clearly the amount of women I speak to who are struggling with this, this is so common and it doesn't need to be so common and it is something that you can get out of it. So on that then, how did I get out of it? Like why why could I recover? And I've asked myself this question a lot of times because I know there are people who, you know, maybe have been struggling with this kind of thing for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. Like, how did I get myself out of it? Like, why could I recover when other people can't? And I think what it boils down to, there's a lot of factors, obviously, but one of the things that I really think it boils down to is I don't have a victim mindset. Like, sometimes I might get stuck in one. Absolutely. But it's not my natural state of being. So even at my lowest of lowest of lows, and believe me, they were bloody low, I always believed like really deep down, like really, really, really deep down that there was something I could do and that I had even just this tiniest bit of power, even when it didn't like it really, really, really didn't feel like it deep, deep, deep down. I had that belief. So people talk about fixed versus growth mindset. You've probably heard of that before. If you are in the personal development world at all, you've probably heard of that before. But fixed is where like having a fixed mindset is where you believe that your intelligence, abilities and traits are unchangeable and they're always going to stay the same. Whereas a growth mindset is where you believe that those same things are able to be learned or improved through effort. So I have a growth mindset and I think that's something I've always had, whether it's how I was raised or whether it's just an innate part of who I am. I don't know, but it served me really well throughout life and especially throughout this journey because I had the belief that like, okay, yes, I am really struggling with food, with my body, with my life right now, but I can learn how to stop doing that. I can learn how to have a normal relationship with those things. So this is a really big realization that I've, it's really hit me over the last year, probably actually. Like I had at a workshop with one of my coaches, Laura, when I realized that I have this core belief that I can actually learn to do anything if I set my mind to it. And then again, I had the same kind of thing hit me again recently at another workshop with another one of my coaches, Brie, where we worked out our own like goal achieving success formula. We looked back at goals that we've achieved over our lives and like how we achieved them, why we achieved them and what was the common thread for us. And I realized that whenever I want a goal, I achieve it whenever I get obsessed with learning how to do it. So like I read all the books, I listen to all the podcasts, I surround myself with other people who are doing it. That is how I personally achieve my goals. Now, it might be different for you, different for different people. But for me, that's what I do. And that's exactly what I did on my journey to stop binging. I read every single book I could find on the topic. I spent hours upon hours upon hours on Google. I followed a bajillion people on social media who'd overcome the same issue. And I listened to all the audiobooks. I mean, if podcasts had been more of a thing, then I probably would have listened to all the podcasts. But I don't feel like they were that much of a thing. I did every single thing that my psychologist told me to do, like the good little A plus student that I am. And like, while the work that I did with her didn't really end up being what made the big differences in my recovery, 
I still committed to trying and to putting in the effort and giving it my all. So that's a bit of my story. And, you know, one of the important factors in my recovery as well. So if you're someone who is binging, I really want you to take that factor on board, that growth mindset thing on board and apply it to yourself. Like, do you have a fixed mindset or do you have a growth mindset? What are your deep down core beliefs about who you are and what you can do? And if you're like, oh, shit, okay, (laughs) I'm definitely more of the fixed variety. That's okay. You can build a growth mindset. So maybe that's where you start. And your fixed mindset's probably like, I can't do that. But you know what? You can change it. You can change from fixed to a growth. So when I think about my own experience with binging, there was one main reason why it started. And then there were other reasons that came on board for why I continued. So I believe that there are four main reasons why people binge. Restriction, triggers, habit, and our survival instincts. Or I like to call it sometimes your animal brain. So restriction was the main reason why I started binging. And in my experience, that's the case for most people. So it comes from dieting or from trying to control food in any way. It also comes from the mental restriction, which is when you feel guilty for eating certain foods, like you beat yourself up for eating particular things. There's this bounce back reaction to restriction and that's binging. So your brain and your body are fighting against the restriction since we are not supposed to restrict. Our bodies are not designed to restrict and it does that by making you binge. So that's restriction. Then there's triggers. So triggers are the things that most people know to look for when it comes to binging. I think it's a sign that we've got unmet needs in an area of our lives and we're trying to meet that need with food. So maybe it's eating for comfort or maybe it's things in your environment that make you want to binge. Like, I don't know, being home alone and having the freedom to indulge in a binge. It could also be trauma related as well. So triggers, what are the things that are triggering you to binge? There's also habit. So habit is the one that I think Everyone thinks it is for them. So almost every single time when I'm working with someone on this, they're like, oh yeah, it's just a habit. That's what it is. That's why I'm doing it. There's nothing else, but that's not the case because it didn't start out as a habit. A habit can't just like pop up out of nowhere. So that's not the sole source of your binging issue. It starts out as something else. And then the habit can be the thing that makes you continue. So that's definitely part of what it was for me. You can train your brain to binge even when you don't want to be doing it. You can train your brain to have this habit. And we all know it's really hard to break a bad habit, but it is possible. It's totally possible. And then lastly, we've got your survival instincts or the animal brain. And this one isn't spoken about enough. This is something that didn't come up when I was doing my own, I want to say research, not research. I'm not a scientist, but reading all the things and listening to all the things. This is one that took ages to come up for me. And it's one that I go into a lot. And I mean, I go through all of these reasons a lot, but especially this one in depth in the confidence code, which is my online group program, if you haven't heard of it. But basically it's the deeper part of you in your subconscious mind that's driven by that biological animal side of human nature, which is why animal brain, that's that's why we call it that. So it's the part of you that keeps going back to binge and makes you feel out of control when your conscious and logical and rational mind is going like, no, we want to stop doing this. We don't want to keep doing this. This is the part of you that keeps driving you back there. And you feel like it's almost like it's this demon person inside you. At least that's what it felt like for me. It was like, where is this coming from? Why is this happening? So all four of these reasons, all four of them, restriction, triggers, habit, survival instincts, animal brain, whatever you want to call it, All four of these have shown up at different points in my life and in my own binging journey. 
And for me, understanding that final reason, the survival instincts or the animal brain was one of the big things that helped me stop binging once and for all. So which one is it for you? Like you might've had some of those when I said it where you're like, oh yeah, I think that's a bit of me, but how do you even work it out? Like if you're not sure, if you listen to that one, I do not know. How do you work it out? So I have a process that I use with my one-on-one clients and throughout the confidence code. And I want to give you a simplified version here today so that you can start to work it out for yourself and to see what you need to work on. So I've got like four questions, four themes of questions, let's say, that I want you to ask yourself or things to check in with yourself. So let's dive into those. Get ready. The first one is, are you still restricting? This is like basic of the basic. Are you still restricting? Are you still dieting? Are you still lifestyle changing? Are you still calorie counting? Are you still not eating when you're hungry because I shouldn't be hungry yet? I only ate two hours ago. This is one of the biggest things like we've just spoken about. Restriction is one of the biggest things that can lead to binging. So the physical restriction, which is kind of those things that I just spoke through there, whether it's actively trying to eat less food or not eat particular kinds of foods or limit particular kinds of foods, that's physical restriction. What about mental restriction though? That also counts. So are you eating things and then going, oh, I shouldn't have done that and beating yourself up for it? Are you attaching guilt or shame or anxiety to foods? That's mental restriction. Are you going, okay, well, I'm going to eat whatever I want today, but tomorrow I'm back on the train. I'm being healthy again. That's mental restriction. So if you're still doing these things, no wonder you're still binging. Of course you're binging. So we need to get rid of that restriction. The second question I have for you is, are you nourishing yourself properly? So we need to set up our foundations because it is so much harder to stop binging when you're not working from a well-nourished safe and sound foundation, really. So are you eating enough? This is the big, the first question. Are you eating enough? And what is enough for you may be very different to what is what you think is enough for you because diet culture tells us enough is 1200 calories or 1600 calories. But for you, it might be like 2,500 calories. And we know I'm not a big advocate for calorie counting, but what you think is enough may be very, very different to what the actual truth is. So Checking in with your hunger and fullness cues. Hopefully you've got those. If you don't, again, that's something I work on with my clients to bring those back because dieting numbs those hunger and fullness cues a lot of the time. So looking at are your eating patterns regular or regular-ish? Like it doesn't have to be exact. I'm not one of those people who's like, you have to eat breakfast at seven and lunch at 12 and dinner at six every single day. No, don't care but regular-ish eating patterns without huge gaps between meals, that's really important. Do you make choices that nourish and satisfy your body rather than you know, always just choosing things that are going to give you an energy burst for 20 minutes and then make you crash in an hour? Are you just having coffee for breakfast? Because coffee is not food. So are you nourishing yourself properly? And when I say properly, I don't mean like sticking to all the diety rules because obviously that is against what we're talking about here but I just mean are you eating enough have you got these like not just giant gaps throughout the day and then are you giving yourself things that will satisfy you and I mean that as in like satisfy your taste buds but satisfy your stomach again you're not going to be hungry 20 minutes later the third question is what are your binging patterns so look at when you were binging When do you do it right now? Is it tied to certain emotions or events or people or places or situations? 
So what prompts you to start a binge? Start checking in with that. Do a little bit of an analysis. And if you were like, I have no idea, then just start noticing from now. Maybe you start noting noting down when you had a binge and like what the situation was around it. And then also, are there times that you don't have any desire to binge? And what's different about those times? Is it because you've had a proper meal beforehand? Is it because you're on holiday, for example? That's one that a lot of people I know don't feel the desire to binge on holidays, whereas when they're at home, they do all the time. So what's different about those times? Just get a bit of data, get a bit of information about this so you can start applying it to change things. And then the fourth question, the final question I have for you is, what are your thought processes around a binge? Like, what are you thinking before a binge? What are you thinking about during a binge? What about after the binge? And you might go, I don't have any. (laughs) I don't have any thoughts before a binge. I don't think about it. I just do it. So if that's the case, then you're probably running on autopilot. So you maybe you're in that habit or you're just not conscious of it. Maybe it's run by that animal brain because that's in our subconscious mind, not our conscious mind. And our conscious mind is the one where we can like, it's like the voice in your head where you can actually hear what's going on. So if you don't have that, you're probably running from your subconscious. So start trying to take note and to tap into them. Again, we're just building awareness. The more data we have on this stuff, the easier it is to make changes. We're not flying blind. We can see where you need to address things. Okay. So that's lots of value there for you in this episode. So I hope you took notes and you can start asking yourself these questions and putting what you've learned into practice, but make sure you come along to Nail Your Nourishment, where we're going to be diving even deeper into the things that you've learned today so that you can find an effortlessly healthy balance with food without binging or restriction. So like I said, we kick off on Monday, Monday, the 29th of January. We will, the group will be open all week. So if you listen to this on Monday or Tuesday or something, that's okay. The replays will be in there all week. Come along. It's totally free. I'm very excited for this. It is so much juicy information. The link is in the show notes to register or to find more information, but hopefully I will see you there.